Welcome to On The Pace, this Thursday morning edition here on Sky Sports Radio. For the next 10 to 15 minutes, we're really going to focus in on the New South Wales harness racing industry. And as we are only 10 days out from the world's richest harness racer, Tab Eureka, plenty of that will centre around that race. And there is a lot of news circulating. But some exciting news announced late yesterday afternoon in regards to harness racing in New South Wales. A, a new initiative has been uh, put together by the team and uh, Australian Rugby League star Josh Adokar is coming on board as part of Harness Racing New South Wales to collaborate and there's going to be a lot happening around his ambassadorial role and uh, you may have seen and if you haven't, check it out across the Harness Racing New South Wales socials, a promotional video with himself jumping into the cart alongside uh, the likes of Cam Hart and Jack Callaghan. And, of course, he's got a real following, Josh Adokar, and he was there on Miracle Mile night to enjoy the celebrations. And I guess he enjoyed it so much that he's now coming aboard as an official ambassador. So we know the Fox, as he's uh, well-known in his circles, is going to bring uh, plenty of new eyes to the sport. So it's going to be great to see how that all plays out. So we'll wait uh, to hear further on that. We had that all-important trialling session yesterday at Menangle, which included two Tabureka aspirants, or at least two Tabureka confirmed runners. And with differing fortunes, we saw the Taz Racing slot holder in Magician troll really impressively. He wasn't beaten all that far behind open class and proven open class performers Typo and Pete said so when they roared up that Menangle home straight in 26 seconds flat. So really positive signs for Magician, who is currently the outsider of the Tabureka. Maybe not so much, though, for uh, the enigmatic Captain Ravishing. We know his brilliance. We've seen it on several occasions. But his preparation towards this big race, despite being the first horse locked in for the team Zav Slotters, has certainly been different. And he was, I think it's fair to say, below his best yesterday in a trial. He made an error in the score up uh, and then was beaten about 20 metres uh, went down the track. Of course, it was a really quick last half and his own sectional certainly weren't poor, but uh, we've come to expect so much from this superstar that uh, there is certainly concerns lingering. Now, uh, the news is that from his trainer, Ahmed Tabor, he's going to have uh, one last, I guess, opportunity to prove himself on Saturday at Menangle in a workout. Now, when it comes to, and of course, at this point in time, there's certainly no suggestion that he will be a scratching, but just for those who are maybe looking at Captain Ravishing or, or other potentials to fill his spot, the final field for the Tabureka is declared tomorrow. So as it stands, we know that uh, the field itself is there, but it will be confirmed and set in stone tomorrow, eight days out from the Tabureka. If before then, uh, whether uh, connections decide to or not, bring Captain Ravishing out of that, that makes it a, a real availability for Danny and Joanna Zavitsanos, the slot holders, to choose any horse that fits the conditions of the Tabureka to fulfil that position. So that's an Australian bred three or four-year-old. However, once the field is confirmed tomorrow, if it is determined that Captain Ravishing from that point on is not uh, suitable or 
is not in a position to take his place in the race. It will then be determined that only from the four emergencies is there to be a replacement. So that's a little bit of clarification around that. At this point in time, though, pressing on uh, the team around Captain Ravishing and hoping that on Saturday after that workout, they're more satisfied with his position heading towards the Tabureka. But of course, with all of that conjecture around him, he has been a drifter in the market, whilst Leap to Fame is the rock-solid $1.70 favourite. Both the Lost Storm and Encipher from Team Tonkin Stewart Racing will have a hit out tomorrow night, a private workout. So that's going to be their final uh, lead up to the big one. We know my ultimate Ronnie goes around on Saturday night. We spoke to his trainer, Jared Alchin, yesterday. And when it comes uh, to catch a wave, he's going to trial at Milton next Tuesday before making his way up the highway to Menangle. So that's all of your Tab Eureka news. We're heading today to Bankstown for something a little different and we're not all that far off kickoff time either. There's eight races in total at Bankstown today. The first is a two-year-old that's at 12-12 and then tonight Tamworth despite being in their regular Thursday time slot, they will head to a nighttime meeting with the first of eight there getting underway at 6.15. But with the Tabureka certainly on everybody's minds, we're going to really focus on that in the next nine days or so. And from Team Summit Bloodstock, Jamie Dernberger-Smith has been kind enough to join us this morning. He, of course, alongside with the Aaron Bain Racing team, have chosen Encipher to represent them in the inaugural edition of the World Richest Harness Race. And as I say good morning to you, Jamie, I'm sure that uh, the answer is pretty clear cut, but excitement levels as we edge ever closer. It seems like it's been a long build-up, but we're nearly there. Yeah, it's been a bit of a ride. Um, super excited. Thank you for having me on. And, yeah, to have the only mare in the race, it's just another piece of the puzzle that we wanted to bring into it. And, yeah, Captain Hammerhead getting into the race really threw a spanner in the works and we thought we were going to draw two. But, yeah, we've got a very nice horse. She ran on in 53.5 the other day off the fence. Uh, super excited for her. So in terms of uh, the, uh, I guess, preparation around choosing a horse, you, you played the long game and you were one of the final slot holders to, to lock in your position. So was that always a plan or was it a, a checkered path to get to this point? Uh, I would say it was a bit of a check and path. Um, anything can happen in racing. And as you can see with like horses like um, Captain Ravishing, we just didn't know if we should push the button early or not. So we just played the long game a little bit. Um, we did that in the first year in the race in New Zealand, didn't pan out. And then we went hard really early, got copy that for the next year and it worked out perfect. So we've just, we've learned a fair bit um, in our experience of doing this. And we just thought we'd just, just hold off because a lot of horses were having hard miles. Like Leap to Fame's had a lot of very, very hard runs. Um, it'll be very interesting, but he's he's a better delight. You can't hurt them. So it'll be interesting. He's definitely the one to beat. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic race. We're super pumped for it. After last Saturday night, you must have been tickled pink with your decision, though, after Encipher came out and beat a really, really good free-for-all uh, group of horses on Saturday night at Melton there. And she did it in maybe a different way than how we've seen her driven in the majority of her race day start. She came off cover and she was able to, as you just mentioned, reel off a really good last half. But uh, you must have just thought, OK, this is, a, this is perfect. Yeah, Emma was pretty quick. I think about 10 seconds after the line, she sent me a message that said, see, I told you so. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, she was she was fantastic. I definitely didn't expect that. Um, very very good horse, and so it was a very good race, and it was definitely a step up for her to what she's raced and to show that she can compete with it and follow that high speed. Um, that's what she's going to need to do in this race. And with the draw, it's tricky, but we do have options. Um, if we stay in the running line or if we pop to the pegs, we'll leave that up to Luke McCarthy, who's the best in the business. So I'm sure you'll talk with Clayton and Emma and they'll come up with the right plan. And fingers crossed we're close enough and we can get our chance. We know Kate Gath has driven her and the majority of her career starts in Cypher, but with her commitment to catch a wave, you, you had to, to look for an alternative. And you mentioned Luke McCarthy locked in. I know that you've got a, a close relationship with the stable, but uh, that must have been a real plus. Yeah, definitely. Um, Luke has been a massive part of getting Summit Bloodstock to and Aaron Bain Racing to where they are now. Um, if he asked for a kidney, I'd, ask, I'd tell him how many. Um, he's been fantastic and yeah, he's been a lifelong mate of mine. He really pushed us to, to do this and to build this um, business and to harness racing. So yeah, it was a no-brainer pick for us. We knew market was out, Kate Gath out. So Luke, you're up. In terms of the barrier draw, you've mentioned that maybe it becomes a little more uh not concerning, but maybe not as straightforward now that she doesn't uh, land straight in the running line and she's one out position uh, with the two three-year-olds. But you watch a lot of Menangle racing and I, I think that the chorus is growing a little bit from the perspective that maybe those couple of inside barrier draws aren't the the greatest of advantages at that 2,400-metre starting point. And maybe that was on full display last week in the Singo. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally about to mention that just then. That 2,400-metre start for the inside horses is tough. Um, I didn't expect uh, Captain Hammerhead to show that little gate speed from it. So that's going to be another piece of the puzzle that we're not really used to because 2,400-metre races are not the standard practice there at Menangle. So it just makes another element for excitement. And it's horse racing. We do not know what's going to happen. So that's the best part. Yes, certainly. It's going to be an intriguing next week or so. And we know that uh, already there's been plenty of conjecture around, despite the fact that we think we have the final field, maybe that not being as clear cut. And I'm sure, as is so often the case in racing, uh, there will be a few more twists and turns before next Saturday night, September 2nd. We know that as part of uh, the Tab Eureka, yourself and Aaron and the team were, were really keen and had managed to lock in Charles Oliveira to come down as an ambassador and subsequent to that, uh, he had a, another bout announced and wasn't, unfortunately, able to fulfil that commitment. But I saw a video last week of uh, him mentioning the fact that he's still ultra keen to come down and be involved in Australian harness racing. So all is not lost on that front? No, definitely not. Um, just Dana White threw a spanner in the works. There was only one clause in the contract. If he ended up getting a title fight, um, then he would have to forgo it and so happens to work out middle of October, Abu Dhabi. He's got to do a, a six to eight week fight camp. It just destroyed it for us. But that's okay. We've been talking with um, those guys over there and talking with Charles. And plan will be definitely aim for next year. And we'll try to make it bigger and better. We'll have a lot more time on our hands to really spruik this race up and just get it out to the masses.
Yeah, awesome stuff. He's hoping uh, come September next year for the second running of the Tabureka, Charles Oliveira, of course, this UFC megastar who has real ties to harness racing can make his way down. Spirit of St. Louis back in action on Saturday night. Jamie, I guess let's go back a month or so to the Blacks of Fake. You must have been a little disappointed uh, with, I guess, how things played out. He looked to lob in a really handy position and we know he's just so consistent at this top level. So do we have an excuse? Was it just an off night or uh, are we being a little harsh on the fella considering the times that they ran and how everything played out? Yeah, they ran some blood and found that he's a little bit crook. Um, he has done this in a couple of big races before. Um, it's just he's getting a lot of hard racing into him and we can't think that he's just going to be a robot and show up every single week. So I'm sure he'll be right Saturday. All reports are he's back bigger, better than ever. So He'll go around Saturday, um, won't be doing anything crazy, trying to break any records or anything like that, but hopefully he'll just slot in somewhere or press to the front. Um, we'll just leave up to Jack. He knows what he's doing. And then the Len Smith mile a week later is the obvious, uh, I guess, target in, in the, the near future? Yeah, that'll be the plan. That'll be the plan. We'll see how he pulls up. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, yeah, he's a... Just been an amazing horse to us. Um, he owes us nothing, so if he's not right for that race, he won't go there. But if he is, he'll be lining up. So he goes around there on Saturday night in the Kevin Newman free for all, drawn really well. No trial since the Blacks are fake, but uh, he does look the class runner of that field. And in terms of, uh, I guess, targets for the remainder of the year for Spirit of St. Louis, word coming through that he's been nominated for the New Zealand Cup. So uh, how likely is that to occur? It's still a few months away yet, but he trialled understanding start conditions there a few months ago and stepped like an absolute bullet. So I wouldn't assume that the tapes are going to cause any issue, but is that a legitimate target for him? Yeah, that will definitely be a target for him. Um, Herdens do scare me pretty badly, but going over there in their backyard and taking them on, but it's pretty hard to do. Um, but yeah, Luke and Belinda, they love a challenge. So this is definitely the horse, um, the right horse for it because he is such a standing start machine. If you go back to his New Zealand record in standing starts, there's some of his runs there have just been absolutely unbelievable. So hey, Luke and Belinda want to go there? We're keen. Awesome stuff. It will be great to see him head back to his homeland of New Zealand. Both he and Loyalist are already uh, nominated for that second Tuesday in November, and I'm sure that they won't be the last of the Aussies to express some interest. Appreciate your time this morning, Jamie. Plenty, as always, happening, but particularly around the Tabureka, such an exciting lead-up, and he's hoping uh, that in Cypher, as I'm sure she will, will fly the flag really proudly for your stable. Best of luck. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Jamie Dernberger-Smith from Summit Bloodstock joining us this morning. So he, alongside Aaron Bain Racing in their slot in the Tab Eureka, have in Cypher representing them, the lone mare in this year's inaugural edition of the world's richest harness race and therefore with the preferential system, she will draw gate number three in that 2,400-metre, $2.1 million feature to be run next Saturday night. As mentioned off the top of the show, a different-looking Thursday in New South Wales harness racing. Bankstown getting under just after 12 o'clock this afternoon. Tamworth uh, following on this evening. Then tomorrow, three cards of racing in totality here at Wagga in the afternoon time slot, followed by Newcastle and Dubbo tomorrow evening before we focus in on Menangle on Saturday night with eight races headlined by that Kevin Newman free-for-all. Best backed in that.
is Spirit of St. Louis. He's now an odds-on favourite off the freshen. That's on the pace for this Thursday morning. Plenty more to come tomorrow. Michael Guerin will try to find you some winners for that big card of Menango Racing on Saturday night.